God bless you, people of God. I want to discuss today, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, a very important topic in our Christian journey. All of us, each one of us, we need to take heed to these instructions and to make certain that we are walking in full obedience to our Father. I will talk about King Saul, and then I will also talk about the kingdom of God. Glory to God. I have no topic. I am not going to make this very long-winded. I believe God is going to speak expressly through the scriptures, and we will all dine and receive all of what God intends for us to receive today. Let me pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father, for this, your people, God. I bless your name. I thank you for Holy Spirit, who is our comforter and our guide. Thank you for the way that you are getting ready to speak expressly to us, Lord God, Father, your desires, your will, and all the things that are upon your heart. Father, we desire to please you in all that we do, and we ask that you would keep us and cover us, Father, in this day of evil. We give you all the glory, honor, and the praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. First Samuel 15, and I'm not going to read all of the text, but we do know in this particular text or passages of scripture, it talks about Samuel going to Saul to anoint him to be king over the people of Israel. And we understand that Samuel was very fond of Saul. But then the scriptures talks about specific instructions that Saul was given to obey, to which he did not obey. And then the Lord rejected or regretted that he had appointed him to be king over the people we see here it says and I can read I'll start reading from verse 1 and then I will stop at verse 17 Samuel said unto Saul the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people over Israel now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and destroy utterly all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them and to lame 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said to the Kenites, go to port, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye shewed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all of the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag 
and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed. Glory to God. So his instructions was to destroy everything, but he salvaged what he thought had worth. My God, he did not fully obey God. Partial disobedience is full disobedience to God. And we know that to walk in the spirit of disobedience is likened unto witchcraft. Glory to God. Verse 10 says, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel saying, it repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. My God, when a prophet gets a word about you, my God from Zion, it is not always that they pronounce immediate judgment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is for us to pray glory to God. To pray glory to God, not to judge, not to assume, not to throw our brothers and sisters away when we see that they have done wicked. It is to pray for them, glory to God. Hallelujah. Pray for their restoration. Pray for them to come back into themselves. Pray for them to repent. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know where we get it from in the church today. God has anointed us for a reason. He has given us his gifts so that we can be edified. God doesn't need edification because he's God. He's sovereign. God doesn't need a prophetic word. Glory to God. We need that. Those gifts were given to us to help us along in our journey. Hallelujah. So when God puts Something in a prophet. When God shows a prophet. Glory to God. Something. Or God tells a prophet something. Or if a prophet or a dreamer. Oh glory to God. Dreams something about you. Hallelujah. It is not for them to judge you. It is for them to pray for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If he has given it to you. It's because you have been given an authority to exercise from his dimension, whereby whatever he has shown you, glory to God. If he has shown you someone in sin, pray for them. Don't spread it around. Don't talk about them. Pray for them, glory to God. Hallelujah. Cover your brothers and sisters. No one said not to call them to accountability. But you certainly don't need to spread rumors and add further insult to injury. Pray for them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We don't know how to cover one another anymore in the body. No one is saying coddling sin. No one is saying to cover it up. All I'm saying is to cover your brother or your sister in their area of weakness. We all have an area of weakness. 
glory to our Father. Thank you, Jehovah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I thank God that Jesus is our divine intercessor, that he is our chief. Oh, glory to God, cornerstone. Hallelujah. He is our paracletos. Thank you, Jesus. He is our go-between, glory to God. Between us and the Father, glory to God. Hallelujah. He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our infirmities. Oh, bless his name. Hallelujah. Thank you for Holy Spirit, Father. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When God shows you or tells you anything about your brother or your sister, go to them. The Bible talks about it. Restoring as such. Hallelujah. How can you restore someone if you're walking with the judgmental continence? If you have a judgmental spirit, glory to God, you always presume the absolute worst. Even if God showed you the worst, you ought to be believing God for the better. Glory to God. When Miriam and Aaron spoke negatively against Moses, glory to God. Moses didn't pray for judgment. Moses prayed for them, glory to God. She was stricken with leprosy, but he prayed for her glory to God. And technically, she should have died from it. But Moses prayed, and she only dealt with it for seven days. Because the man of God interceded for the one that did him wrong. Some of you in your very own family, the curse is upon them all because they are being held in hostage to you. And your grievance, and your offense, glory to God, and your unforgiveness, and your bitterness, glory to God, and your anger, glory to God. Release those people to God. If they've done you wrong, pray for them. The Bible says, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for your enemies. Love them, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your family. Pray for those in leadership. Glory to God. Those that are fallen. Those that are falling. Glory to God. If the Father has shown you anything. If the Father has spoken anything to you about anyone. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Glory to God. Samuel was grieved in his heart. He was heartbroken over what happened with Saul, over what the Lord spoke to him about Saul and his disappointment and his regret. Can you imagine the Lord coming to you and telling you that he regretted? That he put someone in a political position. That he put someone in a spiritual position. The average person, they get excited about the next person's downfall. That is not the spirit of Christ. It's jealousy and envy. Samuel didn't have a jealous bone in his body. Samuel raised up prophets. He was a prophet, a priest, and a judge. Glory to God. He was a well-respected man. 
He wasn't walking around saying, why couldn't I have been the one that you appointed? He didn't pray for Saul's downfall. He was comfortable in his own skin. He was the one that God was using to raise up the kings. He anointed Saul and he anointed David. He wasn't intimidated by them. Those that he was to put in that position and anoint for God. God trusted the man of God. He trusted Samuel. Because Samuel wasn't jealous. There are so many people, they want to be Saul and David when they need to be praying to be Samuel. You need to be praying, God, if it's not me that you want to put in that position, anoint me that I would go and appoint the one that you want in that position. It's funny, everybody wants to sit at the top, but no one wants to work from the bottom. Samuel was a laborer. He served. He worked. He sat under Eli. That's why his ministry was so impeccable. Glory to God. Because he had a spirit that God could trust. God trusted him to appoint, to anoint that who would be king over Israel. And he grieved over the one that failed. At his assignment. Saul did not obey. And Samuel was grieving over him. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you grieved over someone that had fallen? My God. It's so easy in today's society. With social media. And all these other platforms. That people can use. Blogging and vlogging. And YouTube. And all of these different avenues. That people can use. To criticize the fallen. But when was the last time. You were grieved over the fallen. People. Bash the president. They bash world rulers. They bash glory to God. Fallen men and women. In the kingdom of God. But when was the last time you grieved over them? It's easy to judge. When you're not in that position. But Samuel knew the weight. Of the responsibility of the king. That's why he was grieving. Because if there is no king. What happens to those that are in the kingdom? Saul had his own kingdom. Kingdom is simply the place of your rule and your rank. It is the place where you are most influential. He was the king over the whole, over Israel, over the people. That was a great responsibility. And he failed. He dropped the baton. My God. And most people today, they want to see people fail. They want to see the president fail. They want to see religious rulers fail. They want to see the economy fail. They're negative. We have, a, we have this uncanny attraction to negativity in the church. My God. When we ought to be praying and grieving over one another and what we're going through. The Bible says the strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. Was not Saul weak? I don't care what power and position he thought he had. The man was in a fallen, disobedient state. 
When you fall, I don't care what your title is. When you fall from the grace of God, you are powerless. You might still have the position. You might still use the title. But when you have fallen from grace, the anointing shifts off of you. And so now all you have is your title. And all you have is that rank or that position. But you have no true power with God. Because the anointing of God is God's power. It's his enablement to do within your own power what you could not do prior to him giving you that position of power and influence. So here we have a king that was in a fallen state and the prophet was grieving over his condition. My brothers and my sisters, I submit unto you, glory to God, that if you be a child of God, if you be a prophet of God, when God shows you the state of the people that are around you, instead of ignoring it, you need to pray for them. And you need to go to them as the Lord would lead, not out of your flesh and your feelings, when God leads you. My God, put on your sackcloth and get to moaning and travailing and praying. Samuel prayed for the whole nation, the Bible says. We need to get back to prayer and praying for our leaders. And I said, get back to prayer because I don't know what we were doing before. Because when you really tap into prayer, you can't ever stop. When you really reach that level in prayer, with God, you can never stop really praying when you are really praying. Because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. You get results when you are righteous and when you pray. So if you're getting results, you won't ever stop praying. But when you stop praying, it's because you didn't get results. And when you don't get results, it's because you did not pray God's will. It's time to get back to the foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ and who we are and what we have been sent in the earth to do. The Bible says that Samuel rose early in the morning. He went to meet Saul. And he told him, he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. That's what Saul said to him. Saul was lying. He know he didn't do all of what God told him to do. But he was too embarrassed. And he was too afraid of what Samuel would have thought. I don't know why he thought he could pull wool over a prophet's eyes. Because you can't ever deceive God's anointed. When a person is truly anointed by God, I don't care how good it sounds, you can never fool them. God will always tell you the truth and then he'll have you to sit right there with the liar and let him lie to your face. Saul 
bold lie. He told a bold-faced lie in the prophet's face. You ought to be ashamed if you can stand flat-footed and look God's anointed in their face and lie to them. When you lie to a prophet of the Lord, it's just like you have lied to God if they are truly sent by God. Because prophets are God's messengers. We see and we hear God speak to us. Or if you are a dreamer through your dreams. Or if you have visions through open visions. And people like to say this. Well, a prophet or an apostle or they're a man or a woman just like us. We are all human beings. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, God has set an order in the church. I'm not saying that we're more than you, but I'm saying that we are sent by God. Why would you reject the one that God sent and why would you lie to the man and woman of God? And why would you put your mouth on the man or woman of God? And I'm not talking just about apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. I'm talking about any child of God. Why would you stand in the face of anyone that God has anointed and lie to them? Why? Why would you speak discord against them? My God. That grieves the heart of God. When people begin to put their mouths foolishly and ignorantly and prematurely against what God is doing. You won't always understand what prophets are doing or why God has them saying what they're saying. It's not meant at that timing. But trust me, if you wait on God, God will reveal why he had them to do what they did and why he had them to say what he had them to say. God had prophets laying on their side for years. God had them running around naked. Sending yokes to the king. Breaking jars, glory to God. All of those acts of symbolism. If you do that in today's society, they'll think you're psychotic or they will say that you've lost your mind. But you will never understand the culture of the prophetic until you are called to that facet of ministry. I God, God will have people to tell you all sorts of things when you are chosen to walk and to do things for him in the earth realm. Thank you, Jesus. So I come to debunk. That theory, that person that would say, or persons that would say, oh, they're not any better than you or I. No, we're not any better. But if you reverence God, you ought to reverence who he sent. And to reject him is to reject him. And I don't care what anybody feels about that. That's the truth. Where's the honor and the respect for all people? Not just prophets, not just apostles, for anyone. I've had people just save yesterday to come to me with a word from the Lord and I received it. Because he told me, daughter, that's to you from me. Receive it. You'll mess.
mess around and receive what's not of God listening to people that have been saved for 50 years but you're turning up your nose at someone that just got saved yesterday because according to you they need to go to theology school they need to go to seminary they need to do all of those things to be qualified we can't qualify ourselves seminary does not qualify you I don't care what anybody says the Bible says that to whom he have justified, he's qualified them. He does the justify. The blood did that. The cross did that through Jesus Christ, not your seminary school. So you can mess around and let people hoodwink you and brainwash you all you want. You can go to seminary and still not have power with God. Still not be anointed by God. And still not really understand the text. You can throw 50 titles in the front of your name. If God has not sent you. It doesn't matter how eloquent you sound. It doesn't matter what schools you've gone to. It doesn't matter what echelon you are in. In society. If you don't have any power with God. You can do nothing to please him. If you don't have any power with God, you can't please him. And when I say power with God, I mean if you have not been given authority to do what it is that you're doing, you're not pleasing God. You're wasting your time. And you're missing out on what he really put you in the earth to do. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So we see here the prophet and the king having their exchange. My God. And Samuel asked him, you know, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of oxen which I hear. So Samuel was hearing him lie. He was telling him a bold faced lie. And Samuel was hearing that. And verse 15 says, And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. So now he was trying to make good on his lie. Samuel already heard of the spirit. Now though he was hearing the sheep in his physical ears, Samuel was also hearing in the spirit. He already knew what he had done. But he was asking him because he was trying to get Saul to come to the admission that he had missed God, that he had did what he wanted to do. My God. My God, Jesus. God will let you look right in the face of a liar. And they telling you one thing and you hearing God tell you the real deal. God will reveal it. I'm telling you, you don't have to, you don't have to throw all of your opposers away. Some of them, God will let them stand right in your face and lie to you. And he going to read you their pedigree. Okay. So going to verse 16, then Samuel said unto Saul, stay. And I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, say on. 
And Samuel told him, okay, I'm going to paraphrase. Samuel told him all what God showed him. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. So see, God told Samuel exactly what he told Saul to do. But Saul just lied to the prophet and told him that the people... So see, all of a sudden it became the people. But God didn't anoint and appoint the people to be king over themselves. He anointed Saul. My God, look at verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agat, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Saul was lying from the pits of hell. The people didn't do that. He did that. He had the authority to dictate what the people did. He initiated it. See, it's nothing like a leader that's fallen. They'll mislead the people. And then when the time of judgment comes, suddenly now they throw in the blame on somebody else. They're trying to offset it. My God. Suddenly it was the people. But if you read in the text, it talked about Saul being the one. Now the people did their part, but they did it based upon what the king told them to do. That's why you have to watch who you follow. Because some people will mislead you. This gravely offended God. But God judged Saul for that. And Samuel told him, Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. My God. All over some spoil. All over. Resources that God told him to get rid of. Some of you God is telling you to get rid of folk. And you still holding on. You going to mess around. And be rejected by God. Because you holding on to who God told you. To let go of. If God said burn it at the stake, burn it. If he said get rid of it, get rid of it. If he said to stop doing it, stop doing it. Glory to God. Let them go if God said to let them go. Hallelujah. If it's a job, you better let it go. Well, woman of God, I have to pay my bills. If God said to quit, you better quit because God can pay your bills. But your employer cannot stop the wrath of God from touching you. I'd rather sit by a juniper tree and let a raven feed me than to work on a job that God told me to leave. Thank you, Jesus. I'd rather sit by a juniper tree and let a raven, a dirty ravenous bird feed me than to clock in and clock out every day that a job God told me never to accept. I don't know who that is for. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, my God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, God. I don't know who this is for. But if God is telling you to leave, leave. If God is telling you your time is up, your time is up. Do not stay longer than the grace of God that is present to cover you. Glory to God. When God tells you to move, you move with him because that means that he is gone before you. But if you stay longer than he wants you to stay or if you do what he told you not to do, if you touch what he told you not to touch and if you keep what he told you to destroy, then his grace is no longer there and the wrath of God can come and consume you. Where his presence is, his grace is. And where there is presence is not there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whoever that's for, you better receive it in the name of Jesus. Samuel told him that rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft. If God tells you to go right and you go left or you walk in the middle, you're still rebelling. Illegitimate sons rebel, but children of the king obey. My God, Saul had to admit it. And Saul said unto Samuel, see, he reached that place. You can't lie to God's prophet because they're going to see anyway. God going to expose it anyway. Samuel knew all what Saul had done. But I thank God for the patience of Samuel because he waited on Saul to come to his admission of guilt. That was his moment of repenting. Glory to God. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in thy words. Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. You cannot lead and let the people dictate to you what you are to do. Leaders are supposed to take a different path and follow God. And the people will follow you. You can't go in the direction that the people are leading. If they're leading, then that's out of order. God had placed the anointing on the leader to show the way. To bring the people out glory to God and to walk it out themselves. Now, how can you lead if you're leading people in the blind because you're blind? Oh, Jesus, I'm praying for the leaders that would listen to this, that God would give you the vision to lead his people into his path of righteousness and holiness and lead them out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That you would stop being the people's 
apostle, the people's prophet, the people's pastor, the people's evangelist, the people's teacher. But that you would go back to being the man and woman of God, sent by God, leading and guiding by God's design, by God's blueprint. Thank you, Jesus. The prophet was patient enough to wait on the king's admission of sinning. Verse 25, and he said, Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn away with me, that I may worship the Lord. In verse 26, Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. See right there, you can still repent, but it will never take away from what you have done when God has placed you in such a position. Some people say, well, God forgives me. I ask him for forgiveness. Yes, that's understood. And I'm not saying that he does not forgive you, but I'm saying that some things that we do, especially when you're placed in a leadership position, it can cost you your favor with God and with man. And we see that here, that though he repented, he was not restored into his position. So yes, repenting is beautiful. We thank God for repenting. That's why we need to always walk in obedience. Because repenting should be for when you have committed a fault that you were unaware of. But it becomes a transgression when you know better, when you heard God and you willingly did it. In your own power, in your own wisdom, in your own way. You didn't want to do what God said. You wanted to alter God's plan. So you can still repent, but it won't take away from the fact that you've been rejected. You've been rejected. Yes, he received your repentance, but you've been rejected as it pertains to your position. Some people can be restored back, but some positions, depending upon the severity of what it is that they've done. God will always receive repentance. And for, when we ask for forgiveness. He forgives us. But that does not mean. That you will not pay restitution. Sometimes you'll have to lose the position. Because God needed you to specifically follow it. Because the destinies that were connected to that thing. Was too important for you. Just to do what you wanted. My God, is it worth it? I wonder if it was worth it for Saul. Saul lost his kingdom. Samuel told him in verse 28, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from you thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Better did not mean that David was... Better in a sense that we like to think better meant more obedient. He was more obedient than Saul. Because God looks at the heart. I believe Saul had a heart to do the will of God. But at some point, the people got into his ear. He wanted to please the people. When you become a people pleaser, you will always fail God. 
People pleasers cannot please God. Because you cannot please both God and man at the same time. You either going to please man and disobey God. Or you going to disobey man and please God. People of God, I'm telling you, I felt this word burning deep down inside of me this day. Glory to God. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that whomever you are listening, that you will obey the voice of God, that the kingdom that God has given you, your government to rule and reign, that he will not rent it from you, that he will not regret that he have appointed you because you have been faithful. You have been obedient. You have hearkened unto his voice. You have done what he has asked you to do. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. No matter what the people say. If God told you to do it, do it. Obey God and live. Glory to God. Don't be like Saul. Don't be a weak leader. Be tossed by the people. Don't let the desires of the people. God gave it to you. No man and no woman can stop it. If he told you to do it, it's for you to do it. Do not allow the people to make you lose out on what God has designed for you. God replaced Saul because of his willingness to be led by the people. It's a bad position to be in. When you're the ruler or you're the king or you're the set one in position. But the people have your ear instead of God. I'll be doing a part two and maybe even a three. Because I'm going to talk about David. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, people of God, for listening. Glory to God. Let me pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come on this day, God. Father, and I'm asking you right now, Lord God, Father, to forgive me. To forgive those that are listening, God. If we have ventured off, if we have done anything incorrectly, inaccurately, if we have not followed you, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me, God. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we desire to please you. You and you alone, oh God. Father, we honor man, God, but we give you all the glory. And all the honor, God. Man is not even deemed comparable to you, Father, because you are sovereign. You are omnipotent, oh God. Thank you, God. We love you so much and we want to please you in all that we do. It's not about possessions. It's all about being in your presence. God, I bless your holy and righteous name on today. And I'm praying for every listener, Father, that they would turn back to you, God. If they have ventured away, if they have walked away, God. If they have put down the kingdom plow, God, I'm praying that they would pick it back up and get back into that position. Oh, God, because we know that you can strip the kingdom from us. Oh, God and Father, we don't want to we don't want to lose out. We don't want to miss out on your movement in the earth realm. So, God, I'm asking today, God, that you would forgive me. Forgive those, God, that may have stepped out of alignment. 
that may have listened to the people's opinions instead of listening to your instructions. Oh, Father, I'm asking for your forgiveness and your forbearance today, God. And I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless every person listening. Touch the hearts and minds of those that need you. Those that need restoration. Those who are in the process of being restored from a fall. God, give us the ability as your prophets, as your children, God. Oh, hallelujah, Father, that we would be able to tap in and pray for our brothers and sisters when they have fallen and when they are experiencing an area of weakness. God, I lift you up and I magnify your name today. And I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you will do. God, I bless your name. I thank you for all leaders, my spiritual parents and mentors, God. My peers, oh, Father, I thank you for all the resources that you are using to connect us together. God, I bless your holy and righteous name. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and thank God. People of God, I love you so much. If you want to communicate with me any further, email me at prophettamara at gmail.com. That's P as in Paul, R as in Robert, O as in Oscar. P as in Paul, H as in Ham, E as in everyone, T as in Tamara, T as in Tamara, A as in Apple, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, or as in Robert, A as in Apple, at gmail.com. I love you. God bless you.